0: Welcome to the ECT podcast series, engaging with the researchers working on the long-term field experiments in ECT's national network. Good morning from the Haudron Edge long-term field experiment in the Derbyshire Peak District where I'm visiting with Professor Rob Mars from the University of Liverpool who is the principal investigator for the experiments here at Haudron. Uh, Good morning to you Rob.
1: Well hi Ben, it's great
0: to have you on
1: my patch for the first time. It's, It's really good and it's a great day.
0: And can you tell us Rob then a bit more about the background and longevity to the Haudron Edge experiment? Well, the
1: experiment started off with my then postdoc, Dr. Mike LeDuc, on a project funded by DEFRA to have a multi-site study of bracken control and land restoration treatments. So originally we had seven experiments across the country. Some at Cannock Chase, this one here in the Peak District, some at Surup, on the other side of Cheviot, and one on the Carnetho near Bangor. There's only one of them still remaining but the aim was to try and work out what were the best of the available treatments at that time for good bracken control, but also beyond that, to try and get some vegetation established that was of some conservation and agricultural value.
0: And can you say how long the experiment's been running? And something about the habitat here, this is quite a special habitat, which was grassland at one point.
1: Well, it's a, a grass heath habitat. The target would really be a a heather-dominated heathland, but in reality we would expect here, given our experiment through time, some form of grass heath, a grassy heath mixture. We started in 1993 and set up with some basic treatment comparisons. We ran those treatments through to 2003. We then kept some treatments going and repeated others. And then in 2013, when we had a super effect from most treatments, we decided to stop treating them and let succession occur and see how fast the bracken came back.
0: And what did you find? What would have been the main scientific impacts of the experiment to date? Well, I think there are
1: several First of all, it is possible to get a good grass-heath mixture back here. It takes some time. We used two different approaches. One was purely mechanical, where we cut the bracken, and we either cut it once per year or twice per year. We also tried some herbicide. We used the standard herbicide for bracken control, the selective herbicide called Azulam, and we applied that in 1993 as a one-off treatment. We also combined it with a cutting treatment. So we had cutting in 1993, spray in 1994 and spray in 1993 and cut in 1994. In 2004 when we repeated the Azulam treatments we just applied Azulam and we then spot treated every emergent frond in the Azulam plots without respite every year until 2013. So controlling bracken is a long term job but it can be effective.
0: And have the results, to your knowledge, been taken up by policymakers, for example?
1: Yes, we included some of the results from this experiment, or at least the the experience we had, when we produced our technical advice note to DEFRA back in 2007, and that has formed the basis for bracken control treatments until now. If you look at the website, it's essentially based on that, that work. We've found it a lot more since then,
0: but there you go. <laughs> that is an excellent output indeed, And what does the future hold in terms of possible collaboration here and and your plans for the experiment? Well, in this experiment, I think we're actually getting close to the end.
1: And that's partly because when I switched off the bracken control treatments in 2013, the bracken has come back. And it's been most prolific where we have stopped sheep grazing. The difference between the grazed plots and the ungrazed plots is really quite remarkable. You do not need data or statistics to see this. It is blatantly obvious, just visually. The the bracken has come back where there's been no sheep grazing and there's now a lot of litter developing in some of the treatments. In the grazed comparison, this is not the case. Bracken is coming back, but much more slowly. And this has all happened essentially since 2013, effectively seven years.
0: 2013, the plots were visually identical. So if you're not actively looking for new collaborators on on this site, are you still open to offers if researchers are interested? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, But I I think that we are very close to the end of when this experiment will finish. And that's because we found out what we needed to know from it. It was, to some extent, time-limited. It was originally only meant to be a three-year study. But the development to effectively almost 30 years has provided us with so much more information it's been absolutely fabulous to get long-term trends that we wouldn't have picked up otherwise.
0: And beyond reading the DEFRA technical notes where can interested researchers get hold of your data? The data is currently on my computer in a
1: reasonably good format and will be put in a data repository at some point when I've finished analysing it but we've published quite a lot of work on this up to 2013.
0: So listeners can read more about the Halldron Edge experiments on ECT's website. But to close, Rob, can you just give us your take on the wider importance generally of long-term ecological field experiments?
1: Well, I'm a great fan. They are so much more valuable than short-term ones. This was the lesson I learned from my great ecological hero, Dr. Sandy Watt from the University of Cambridge. He had some long-term experiments that he kept going for, oh, 50-odd years. It was fantastic. And again, the lessons he learned from that could never have been picked up in short-term experiments. I moved to Monkswood at one point and worked with Terry Wells. Again, long-term experiments, picking up different messages that you can get from short-term ones. I'm also involved in experiments at Moorhouse, and they have been absolutely vital in picking up different trends. And a recent paper showed it took 60 years to pick up a signal. You cannot possibly predict this from short-term studies or models that don't have this long-term value. So I think long-term manipulative experiments in particular, especially if they're well replicated, like this one is, gives you real authority to check research done on short-term studies. So I believe that long-term studies are an essential part of ecological work. They're not all that expensive in many cases. It's just time to record, keep the database going, and some form of data archiving. And that need not be overly expensive.
0: But it is not free. Okay, thank you, Rob. I'll have more questions for you when very shortly we walk across to the sister experiment to this site over at Bamford Edge. We've now arrived at the sister site to Hawdron Edge, the Bamford Edge field experiment, where I ought to start by reminding listeners that Rob Mars is arguably the world's leading current expert in the ecology of vacuum control. Rob, can you just describe how this experiment at from different sister experiment and tell us a bit more about its background and when it started? Yeah, well
1: this experiment was set up much later in 2004 and it was set up really to test three things. First, using Azulam and then spraying every year without respite to test whether that would work. We also wanted to test cutting three times a year and we compared that with cutting twice per year. And then we also did to test a bracken bruiser. And again, we bruised some plots here twice a year and some three times a year. Again, this is a replicated experiment. There are three randomized blocks. There are six treatments, untreated, of course, you must always have a control. The azulum every year, cut twice per year and thrice per year, and bruised twice per year and
0: bruised twice per year. Can you elaborate a little more on the bruising treatment, Rob? Because that's quite an interesting background and history.
1: Yes. Again, I, I should have said that this experiment was set up by my uh, former PhD student, now Dr Emma Taylor. And again, we released some information on broken bruisers. And this is because they were having a resurgent popularity amongst the nature organizations. Uh, bruising, or bashing, or breaking, uh, it comes under many different terms, is a relatively old technique and was used a lot before the Second World War, but died out after about 1960, really, because better cutters came on the market and there were better herbicides. Now, the bruising is essentially some form of roller, and it has flanges on it, and as it goes across the fronds, it snaps it and puts a break into the frond dipe. That's the stem of the frond. And, of course, because it may go over the frond many times, it may break the frond in many different places. And the idea behind it is that the vascular strands within the stem remain intact, so the frond continues to draw reserves from the underground rhizomes, the underground stems, where all the nutrients and food stores are present. Now, I've never believed this theory for the bruising working, but Dr Taylor actually used a razor blade to cut bracken to almost completely through and even when it was cut almost completely through the frond continued to operate if it had not been affected at all it was no different from the untreated control fronds in terms of photosynthesis in terms of water relation I suspect that there's a great deal of redundancy in the vascular tissue in the fern stems so it effectively can continue to operate as a Going concern even when it's very badly bruised so I, I'm not a great believer in the bleeding the rhizomes dry theory because we've shown that it, it isn't workable really but here we wanted to test whether it worked or not
0: and this finding and, and these data have also found their way into technical advice notes on bracken and control
1: they have not got into technical advice notes but they have been published in the scientific press the paper is available And we have published the data on that, yes.
0: And with the experiments starting in 2004, 16 years later, what's the future and what are the next steps you have planned for this particular experiment? Well, again,
1: like the other experiments, we stopped treating them in 2013. So we had very good control of the bracken and very good grass cover. This is a grassland site, primarily. And we got very, very good regeneration on three of the treatments. Both of the cutting treatments and in the azulam treatment we got very very poor response in our site for bruising it was marginally better than the untreated plots but only marginally now i know that other people have got better results with bruising elsewhere but all i can say is in our experiment the answer was not very good however in 2013 we stopped the treatments and we're now looking at the rate at which bracken is recovering and I suspect that we can almost move this onto a remote sensing approach and just look at the coverage of bracken fronds using satellite imagery to pick up the rate of uh, ingress of bracken into those particular patches. So that's my plan over the next year or so, is to move into this.
0: And again, listeners can read more about the Bamford Edge experiments on ECT's website. So all that remains is to say thank you, Rob, for hosting ECT here in Derbyshire on a bright and dry June morning. Well, that's a positive.